With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, the hardest working podcaster in America, yours truly is here for you on my vacation. Ron Thomas joins me by phone to recap Helio winning the Indy for the fourth time, plus the rise of the Nets as the most hated NBA super team maybe ever. All that plus some straight thoughts on life from the Outer Banks. Your bonus, uncensored extra 45 minutes of me, is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! This is huge, Jim! Tuesday, June 1st, 2000. And 21, thank you for downloading, and welcome to my vacation. Welcome to my 53rd birthday as well. I know, I know. Thank you, thank you. I I did so much to turn 53. Still here after 53 years, which, knock on wood, should never be taken for granted. Now, I know people are going to text me today, and you're going to email me, and you're going to tweet me, and that's fine to wish me a happy birthday. But you know what? If you didn't, that'd be great as well. Why are you telling him it's your birthday? Sorry. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Well, somebody's going to figure it out. Anyway, I am here outside the rental house in Duck, North Carolina, a spectacular vacation spot for all my Midwest friends who have never been to the Outer Banks. Please find a way to go to take the family. It's it's fine if you're not a family. It's a you know it's okay for you know couples and everyone else. But it's ideal for families and it's unique. It's different. It's different than Florida beaches, different than Mexico beaches, different than California beaches, and it's spectacular. And there's a lot of different communities up and down the Outer Banks that are different from one another. Duck is the more old school and more importantly dog friendly communities. Because my brother was able to find a house that was dog-friendly because he wanted to bring Sierra, his champion retriever, uh, Dutch Drother, Deutsch Drother, whatever, uh, slash lab mix. And we got to bring our dog, Tucker, uh, the perfect brown dog, the little sweet field spaniel that just pretty much goes from couch to couch to couch and is very soft and pettable. So we're down here. I'm in the van outside because even though the house is big enough, easily for me to find a room to close the door and to do this podcast from. I And I don't want people busting in on me, and there's always noise from outside. And I don't want people listening to me either. That's the thing. I don't want my family listening to me as I do 
a podcast because I'm different on the podcast than I am in person. Of course, I am going to talk about my family this week in the three to four episodes that I get. I'm sitting in the van right now, and I'm actually losing my mind. You know why? Because I made the mistake. I got in the van. I got everything set up. I then went out to take a pee-pee in the hedges outside the van. And I left the lights on in the van and the sliding door wide open, thinking, eh, no big deal. I come back in the van, close the door, turn on the lights, and I see hundreds of little flies, mayflies, midges. I'm not even sure what they are, but they are rolling this time of year on the Outer Banks, and they are all inside my van. My precious mobile strike studio. Oh, God. I am going to spend so many hours cleaning this out tomorrow. It's not even funny because it drives me crazy. And I didn't bring my little vacuum, which I should have brought. I said, nah, you know what? There's going to be sand in the van. There's going to be you know crumbs from the kids as they're eating as we go down. No. Now I'm looking around, and it's it's creepy. Someone of lesser Mental fortitude would freak out and have to leave this van right now. Not me. I'm going to power through. Ron is going to text me momentarily, and then we're going to talk about Indy. He was there. And we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, which I have watched some of. I am missing right now uh, the Wizards against the Sixers in what could be an elimination game. They got their doors blown off of them. Oh, Ron is ready. Okay, good. We'll go to Ron. They got the doors blown off of them the other night. I know Ron has thoughts on that because he is my Mr. Basketball guy. He is my golf guy. He's my music guy. He's also my Indy 500 guy. And I watched the highlights of Indy, but I did not see the actual race because it was going on. Excuse me. I got to put the laptop down. Hit the button here. It was going on as I was driving down to the beach on Sunday. By the way, the weather here. The East Coast got the craziest cold snap ever, in which the Sunday of Memorial Day, the high temperature was like 58, and so therefore it was the coldest high temperature for that weekend in 105 years. Also, it was the coldest day in relation to par, so to speak. It was 17 degrees below what is normal for a high, and... Oh, I thought I had Ron's theme on here. I'm trying to find it. I cannot find it. Maybe it's on the other machine. In fact, it is on the other machine, son of a bitch. Anyway, you're not going to get Ron's theme. We're just going to call him. Uh, 17 degrees below normal. And it was two days of cold and rain, cold and rain. Like, I've never seen it before in my lifetime. So we're here at the beach. It's a wonderful time. A beautiful house. We're very lucky. Hashtag blessed. Family's getting along just great. But damn it, it does not feel like summer. It's the weirdest thing ever. Hello. And there he is, the Hoosier Hotshot. What's up, Indiana? How was your trip to the mighty I'm... Indianapolis 500? You know what, Steve? The trip is still going on. Oh, it is? Yeah, I'm still out here. Nice. But it's been a great trip. Um... You know me, I'm such an Indiana boy. What's the matter? I sense trouble in your voice. I mean, I watched the seven-minute highlight package. Looked like a hell of a race. I mean, Scott Dixon's car wouldn't start again. What the fuck? 
Well, let me answer first what's wrong. <laughs> yes, I sorry. always, the day after the Indy 500, Steve, oh, I always have. It's a letdown. It's, I just have a yeah. depression because yes. I've got to wait 364 more yes. days to see it again. And it's such uh, an important part of my life. But No, you know what? It's some... exactly how myself and Cowboy Mike feel after the Malcolm. It's so depressing because it goes so quick and it's so much fun. And then it's like, we got to wait a whole other year for this. I get it. It's that post-exciting event depression. In fact, uh, texters or emailers, tell me where when you feel most depressed about something you look forward to all year in sports, life, or whatever, and then just how you feel the day after. Ronnie's feeling that right now. The yeah. race looked like a hell of a race. It was a great race. Uh, you know, there weren't a lot of passes early, and people would then label the race as boring. And essentially what was happening, and I want to make this clear for people, is these guys were not taking chances. Often when the cars are this evenly matched, uh, they are not going to get out of line because they want to be there with 20 laps to go, with 30 laps to go, with 10 laps to go. They want to be in the mix because yeah. they know they have a, the car that could win the race. Right. In the old days, Steve, you had guys that may not have had the best car set up, so they were going to take chances. They were going to, when there was an open window, they were going to try and dive into turn one, two, three, or four. The highlight package seemed to indicate there were 17 or something lead changes in the final 20 laps, which is pretty good, I would imagine. No, that is good, but a lot of that, that's fool's gold. A lot of that is because there were a lot of different pit sequ sequences that were going on. So guys... Okay you know, who were off sequence were leading. And, and it's hard to keep track unless you kind of understand. You'd be like, you know, how is the one car leading? And everybody's excited, right. so excited about Castro Neves and Palou, Alex Palou, when they're in third and fourth. Why are we paying right. so much attention to that? It's because the one car had to pit. The, third, yeah, the three car yeah, had yeah. to pit. So, yeah. Well, see, but, this is why, Ronnie, this is why the casual race fan like myself really needs to and likes to watch on TV. Because they'll hold your hand. They'll explain it all, and there's the graphics. You and everyone else in the stands, and I want to hear about that report in a second, you got to be super hardcore dedicated and be very sophisticated to understand what the hell you're watching. <laughs> My parents had friends, and one from D.C. and another from Miami, and he finally admitted to me last night when we were watching the race replay back at our house. He said, Ronnie, i got to admit to you, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I know, right? But you got to pretend like you're into it. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, uh, crowd report, 135,000. I did not see one mask being worn, and Good. that makes me happy. Uh, everybody you could tell was excited to be living life on life's terms. And um, By the way, just... so Marion County, Indiana which yeah. is Indianapolis proper. It's the little Democratic holdout of the state of Indiana, which is pretty reliably Republican, correct? True. And so them, you know, for whatever reason, Team Virus and Team Mask is a Democrat thing, and so they didn't want to let it be full throttle, wide open, full crowd, right? Nope, they didn't. And it made and, no sense uh... because there was people jammed shoulder to shoulder in the sections that were open, so I don't know how opening up the rest of the track and the rest of the stands made any difference. Uh, it's I don't know. Would it have? Just, no, it wouldn't have. The, okay. the thing is, is the infield is a complete and total shit show. It's right. just a 
maniacal party (laughs) with live DJs. And you could be in the infield and have no idea what is going on out on the racetrack. (laughs) Right. So, so they, that is what they, they got rid of. Oh, really? So all this, so the great, but no, but the grant, the permanent seating I was told is 250 and change or whatever. Yeah. And there was 140 there. So there had to be some grandstands that were empty. Did they space out the seating in the grandstands? Yeah. What they did is they did, they did pods. If you had a group of six tickets, then they tried to do two tickets between you and the next group of people. But I mean, it was packed. There was great. There were some open seats, but it was really good. So anyway, so the leader, Scott Dixon, I saw in the highlight package, he comes into the pits, and then his car won't restart. What right, the hell? There's more, there's more to it. There was a crash in the pits. Steph, Stephen Wilson lost his brakes. He came in. He crashed in the beginning of pit lane. Well, when they do that, they have to get his remove his car, so they close pit lane. Well, Scott Dixon's strategist had planned, and the team had planned to run the car until it was nearly out of gasoline or fuel. Yes. So... When he ran the car to its end, he was not able to come in and pit because pit lane was closed. So he came in and did what's called an emergency fuel stop. You come in, you have a 30-second penalty, and you're only allowed to do emergency fuel. Well, the car goes into vapor lock. Imagine uh, what happens essentially is you run your car dry and there is no fuel in the engine anywhere, so they have to take the engine cover off prime it by hand oh, i saw i saw they had like a tube and a pump yep. and i'm like holy shit incredible prime, priming the engine by hand get the fuel to go through so he then is able to leave the pits well they aren't able to do a normal pit stop at this time like everybody else got so he had to come back in next time around do a tire change and do a regular pit stop so that put him behind the eight ball that put him wow. one lap down so yeah, and it all it was all predicated on that one dingbat running into the wall going into the pits because he didn't get didn't get in in incorrectly. That's all so it that, was. So that shut down the pits, which you can never plan for. And now your great strategy: we're going to run this many laps, run this much fuel, gets thrown into the air because oh yeah, pit road's closed. Sorry. It's that simple, Steve. And then you've got to from there create a new strategy and hope that you know he got up to the front towards the end of the race but he was off pit sequence yeah if he had gotten a green uh, or a yellow flag while he was up front then he would have been back on sequence and he could have won the race now that was just one of many things that happened on pit road where i saw one car got spun around entirely and they got the car turned back around by having about four or five crew members go and lift it up from the rear wing yeah and i thought i thought how is the car light enough that four or five Normal people, not Hungarian weightlifters, can pick it up and and (laughs) twist it. It's all leverage. These things, it's a jack, and you get it under the right part of the rear of the car, the proper part, and it lifts the the vehicle up. I was wild. It was wild. They're not that heavy, Steve. Okay. not that heavy. Why, why with the sophistication in these vehicles, can't they make it so that it automatically starts all the time? Why should it ever happen in which a guy can't restart his car? Uh... I don't know what to tell you. If they could have done it, they would have done it, right? Instead, it was one of those things. Because I guess someone else had vapor lock later in the race, according to the highlight package. Uh, Alexander Rossi. (laughs) Oh, shit. So you had all this stuff going on. Uh, Graham Rahal had the pit stop from hell in that his right rear jack guy or his lug nut guy 
didn't quite get finished. Either Ray Hall jumped the gun leaving, someone told him too early or whatever. Whoops, that tire is not on. He got about 50 yards out of pit road, and there goes the tire. And it starts rolling down the track almost like a cartoon and gets punted by another car. Who knows where? Could have killed somebody. Connor, it's amazing that you that there were they were lucky that there was nobody in the infield because Connor Daly hit that tire and that yeah. tire went sailing into oh. the infield. But what happened there? Yeah. yeah, what happened there was these pit you know, these pit stops, you've watched enough NASCAR, they're perfectly orchestrated. They practice, they take this stuff very seriously, yeah. obviously, because many Every races second are won. counts. No, to yes. many every millisecond. So what happened was you have a guy who comes around back, his job is to stick the air hose into the air jack of the vehicle. These cars have automatic jacks underneath. So you stick the air hose in, it activates the jacks, the car goes up. Well, when he pulls that jack out, then that gives the driver the assumption that all of the service is done on the vehicle or on the race car, and it's time for him to go. Well, that dude put the jack down too early the left rear tire changer was not done and you know keep in mind these pit stops happen in 3.7 to 4.1 seconds insane by the way it looked to me like the 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 tire changing guys that they only had to tighten one lug is that how it works now it's it's just called it's basically just a group lug nut so it goes in and it's just one big really yeah, one big. It's it's not like the old days when my grandfather's raced. They well, like, they were the driver would get out of the car, get a drink of water, <laughs> stretch because they had to use the old the old wrench. You know, the old boom, spin it, eat one lug nut at a time. Oh so. my god! Well, it, isn't in NASCAR? Don't they still put four bolts at least? Like yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, in, Indy- but in Formula in, or IndyCar now, it's just one. Okay. Yeah, and that goes back to you know what that goes back to? That just goes back to the stock car yeah, right. mentality. Stock, We've got yeah. a Dodge. We've got a Camaro. Right. We've got, you know, a Mustang. <laughs> we we want them to watch them on Saturday and come into the store and buy them on Sunday. Yes, there the you go. Get the fuck out of here. You can't buy any of those cars. <laughs> a Taurus that looks like, you know, a race car, whatever. So anyway, they said that the, the young guns were dominating the race early, but who ends up? Coming up and winning the thing for the fourth time, Helio Castroneves, a 40-year-old. So the veteran 46-year-old Helio Castroneves, a Brazilian Helio? Yes. And loves the event like nobody else. They call him Spider-Man because at some point he invented the celebration of climbing up the catch fence at the finish line to celebrate his victory. Correct. Uh, he is the people's champion. There's not a more loved and admired human being on or inside the racetrack when it comes to not only fellow drivers, but fans, track workers, team owners, everybody, because he's genuine, he's authentic, and he loves, loves the Indy 500. And it's um, easy to see when you talk to him, when you're around him. Uh, you could see that from all the different drivers. His old Penske teammates were coming up and right. and hugging him. You know, he's with Penske for 20 years, and Roger let him go. Not not because he wasn't capable. It's just it was time to Business. change for some change. Yeah, yeah, he brought in a guy named Scott McLaughlin, who's the Australian Supercars champion and who brought in a big sponsor package. And uh, Helio wanted to run some 
Penske put him into his road racing IMSA race car, and um, but Helio's not done. And to put for him to win four Indy 500s puts him with the greatest of the greats, and that is AJ Foyt won four, Alancer Senior won four, Rick Mears won four, and now Helio Castroneves yeah. is the fourth driver. Ten drivers have won three, but only four have won four. That's great. A so. deserving winner. Guy who is beloved, uh, 140,000 fans. Next year it'll be full go. Nobody died. Weather was great. I mean, that's pretty good, right? About as good as you can get. It's, it's just a great event. I, I I always say this on your show, but for anybody that wants to experience something different in life, and by different meaning really fucking fantastic and cool and and fast and beautiful and if you love this country there's not a better place to be on memorial day weekend because this race is all about the troops the pre-race celebration we don't do one flyover we do two flyovers we don't just sing the national anthem we have corvettes full of soldiers and generals and lieutenant colonels circling the racetrack sitting on the back of these cadillacs and people are standing up waving their hats. They're not like, oh, shit, I got to stand up. Here comes a soldier. <laughs> it's just so incredibly it's, beautiful to see. It's all America, baby. The heart of the heart of the country, the heartland, the the, the Midwest. It's uh, John yeah. Cougar Mellicamp, you know. And, it's good and shit. If any of you, and if any of you listeners want to come to this race, you reach out to me, and I will make it happen. And I mean that. I don't care if it's 10 of you, one of you, or 30 of you. I will get you into this racetrack, and I'll get you good tickets, and you'll you'll see this I race just the need, right way. I just need to commit to this weekend next year to say, you know what, to tell the family, look, I know it's Memorial Day weekend, but we'll do something family on another weekend. I've got to go to Indy and uh, and just make it happen. Maybe make a, an event of it, a mini Zabe Indy sort of thing. Well, a Zabe so, listener but... affair, and you can be our host, my friend. I'd love that. I just, Steve, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about racing. I know there's a lot of your listeners that are going to say, Duh, racing. Yeah, racing, racing. But there's a reason you put this on, and it's not just be, it's not because of me. It's because you do realize that it's a huge sporting event, and you are, you do sports talk and things. And Well, it's, uh, it's, it's quite fascinating if you just have the slightest of open minds and curiosity. So, you know. Well, we and, all drive a car. That's the thing. We all drive cars, but Some, none of us do 230 miles yeah, per hour yeah. for 800 left turns. No. And I saw <laughs> my we saw some asshole on 95 coming down to the Outer Banks on Saturday who was literally weaving in and out of traffic with a foot between bumpers. No, yeah. I'm like, are yep. you out of your fucking mind? What are you doing? This is yep. going to cause a 20 car pileup. And yep. of course, you know, yeah, no cops around to arrest that asshole. So no, I know. I know. All right, with baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something, something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. 
But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. Let's uh, let's pivot here. I want to talk some basketball with you. Uh, First of all, Kyrie Irving almost got hit with a bottle. So after we had all these fan incidents that caused a lot of thoughtful what the fuck is going on in society on Wednesday. We're mm-hmm. back at it, unfortunately, with a meathead in Boston throwing a water bottle at him. Now, Kyrie Irving is a dickhead in my book. Great yeah. basketball player, but a guy you can have him all day, every day. But Jesus, people, stop throwing shit, all right? Stop acting like animals. I don't know. I, I just don't know what kind of thing or what you have in your mind that makes you think that doing this is remotely okay. It's just, you know what? I, I'm not even going to give any bullshit on this. There's a lot of stupid fucking people in this world. <laughs> yes. They're, and we're surrounded. We have to share oxygen with I them. I know. We have to and, try to have a society with them. Well, the guy was yeah. arrested, so they caught him right there on the spot, and he was cuffed and taken away, and good for them. That said. Did I hear, yeah. did I hear something about, I, about Kyrie stepping on the logo? Oh, he stomped the logo, yeah. What a dick. He's a total dick. I mean, he went to Boston as this big shit, I'm leaving LeBron in Cleveland, watch me do my thing, and then just fucking turn, lit that house on fire and left. Yeah, he's a malcontent is what he is, actually. Oh, yeah. He's, and and he's a, he's a, a moon landing truther. Um, he's a lot of things. He's a great gunner. As far as gunner point guards, there probably has never been one. Well, not never. He's the best gunning scoring port guard, point guard since Isaiah and the Pistons. Fair yeah. to say? Yeah. Or Iverson as a gunning shoot first point guard. But, but he's a dick and I don't like him. Which brings us to the larger point. Okay, so the Nets are really starting to flex at this point. And you can see it coming where, barring an injury... Who's going to beat those three assholes in a best of seven? <laughs> no one. No and one. What's, what's amazing is the way uh, Durant rises his game at this time Funny of the year. Funny how he's, that is. <laughs> yeah, he just, it's, he floats, he floats and he, <laughs> during the year, and he, but he shines when it's time. Oh, um, he has been a son of a bitch in this series, and they're just getting started. So it's interesting because we have the rise of what might become the most universally hated super team ever. Like, you can fit all of the net Brooklyn Nets fans that you know into one room, basically. Mm-hmm. It is the diehards. I mean, this is a team of black hats. We're talking Durant, the overly sensitive superstar who has burner Twitter accounts that fire back at critics of his game. We got Kyrie, the moon landing truther, malcontent asswipe, guy who takes off a week for his birthday in the middle of the season, gets paid his full salary. And then you got James Harden, who just pouted his way and ate his way out of Houston, and now he's on a, on a super team. We've never had this, Ronnie. Th- these guys are going to be a bitch to stop. And they could win the title, and nobody would be happy. 
Well, and no one would care because the NBA is losing so many fans. I mean, think about on our golf trip, Steve, the Malcolm. I was, I talked, I, I, you said Ronnie, you being an Indiana boy, a basketball enthusiast, but most importantly a basketball purist, how can you get into this shit the way you do? And my answer to you was, I just love the game. The talent. Yeah, but the game. I don't. But right. I don't, yeah, the, the talent. I mean, you, I love watching the talent. But these fucking assholes, these guys, and you have to be And they're not all assholes. I'd say it's a 20% layer of assholes in the NBA of varying stripes of assholes, right? Which means 80% of the league are great dudes who are just great basketball players. And then you have to melt away all the other off-the-court bullshit and the social messaging this and the hypocrisy that and... But if you melt it away and you're just about the game, and, and I'm this way come springtime as well, the talent level is sick. And when two teams are going at full tilt against each other, it's amazing basketball. It is amazing. But the thing that the thing will that tarnishes these championships now, again, though, is the super team dynamic. People yeah. don't like that. We're not into that. You know, that's why it, the dichotomy here is is you know, I'd love to see Denver or Dallas or these teams or Phoenix or Utah win a championship. And then invariably, and you said this to me, too, as well, the league doesn't want that. The television doesn't want that. But a basketball Would the purist, league, those yeah. are what, that's what we want right. to see. Would the league permit a Utah-Milwaukee final? Could there, there couldn't. There's, you can't script <laughs> Can a you, better It'd be great. It'd be great basketball. But in terms yeah. of TV executives jumping out their windows, <laughs> you told, and I love Milwaukee, as everyone knows. Uh, I am, I am uh, Ickbein in Wisconsiner. Uh, I love it, but it would be a tough sell. I don't know. It, it's, it, it seems like, and this Milwaukee team went through Miami like, you know, a hot knife through dog shit. And they were like, yep, this is not the bubble anymore. And this team we got is different than last year's team. But they got a fight on their hands, assuming the Nets get through and win, which is with their next opponent. Atlanta's now taking care of the Knicks, so you got that going. That's going to be tough. Out west, LeBron and Lakers are in trouble because Anthony Davis got hurt again in their game four loss. He is so soft. He's just so soft. Really? Uh, AD, oh, yeah, he's incredibly soft and he how do you define play. a guy who's soft versus a guy who's just injury prone uh well, i don't think he plays as hard as he should or could see I've, I've always been of the belief of the harder you play the less chance you have of getting hurt really okay i think if yeah i think if you float and if you do things more on the perimeter and then go in in to the inside from the perimeter in you're gonna have a better chance but the guys who work hard from the inside in the in the paint, those guys don't get hurt. Yeah. They never have. Those have been the, those. That's where you do your work. But if you float on a perimeter at that size, trying to make plays, that's when you get hurt, in my opinion. A lot of guys hurt. I mean, Chris Paul came back and played. Uh, his shoulder was banged up in game one. That hurt the Suns a lot. Uh, Davis is now hurt. Luka Doncic is battling a neck thing, and if he doesn't get right, they could blow that series after being up two nothing on the road against the Clippers. Yeah, I think Embiid's hurt a little bit. Yeah, I mean, all it, it, was it is it me, Ronnie, or did guys in our era never get hurt? Eighties <laughs> and nineties. They played through it. They didn't give a shit. They weren't franchise players by 
in terms of bank account and what what their check was that they deposited every week or every month. Is it they, possible they're just they're more complicated athletic machines now mm-hmm. that break down more, that play more athletically now? I mean, I'm just asking. I know what you're asking, and are they thoroughbreds that you, you've, or are they thoroughbreds that you need to worry about because you've got uh, the next big race coming up? And I guess. You don't want to hurt them too much, but it, I, I just the NBA is so hard to figure out. It's yeah. so hard to it's so hard to embrace and put your arms around it and want to love it because of what we knew we had se- what we've seen in the past what I you know. and I watched what the Lakers and the Celtics and the Sixers and even the Suns and the Utah Jazz and that basketball what we got to watch and the Pacers playing the Knicks we talked about it down there it's just different and yeah. the officiating is terrible it's <laughs> terrible that's a whole nother story so real quick if LeBron ends up bounced in the first round he's never been bounced in the first round 14 and 0 which I think is a hell of a record. I don't care what anyone says. 14-0 yeah. in first-round series for LeBron James. They're 2-2 now. If he gets bounced, think about his Laker tenure for three years. Year one, he goes, doesn't have Anthony Davis, struggles, gets hurt, shuts it down, they miss the playoffs. Terrible. <laughs> Year two, they they go steal Anthony Davis uh, in a very shady maneuver, but it's one the league just turns the other way on. Mm-hmm. And he ends up getting a 147-day break at 38, 36 years old because of the pandemic, yeah. and then yep. in a bubble, without opposing fans, without the pressure cooker of the playoffs, wins a championship. Okay, it's a championship. Give him credit. This year, if he gets bounced in the first round, his Laker stint, while it did deliver a title, probably won't be looked at favorably, and then he's got to do something next year to maybe make up for it. Seems like time is starting to run out on old LeBron. I have been of the opinion, and people have told me I'm crazy, but others have told me they agree with me, but I think he is the most overrated superstar basketball player that the game has ever seen. Wow. I mean it. I, I really, I mean that from the I, my eye test. I, I respect and value my own eyes when it comes to the game of basketball. And I'm just going to say it. I know a really great basketball player from a really great athlete. LeBron James is an elite superstar athlete. When it comes to basketball, he's not a superstar elite basketball player. Basketball players win championships without having to have demands and run the team and be the GM and the coach essentially and get people fired and get people traded. Great basketball players play the game and do what it takes to win games. This guy misses too many big free throws. He takes too many shots at the end of games, which are horrible, horrible shots. He flops. He looks for contact too much. Now, can he score? Is he strong? Can he get down the lane? Is he fast? Is he a great passer? He's one of the best passers the game has ever seen. Okay? But there are other things to LeBron that, in my opinion, don't make him on the close to the level of Michael Jordan. Well, he's also not, not Kobe. To me. No way. No I, way. I was never a big Kobe stan. 
But I will do Kobe greater sign LeBron as just a pure basketball player all day, every day. Exactly. All right. Exactly. We'll, we'll see what happens. I got to get your thoughts on some golf things because you weren't, and we didn't, we missed you on the Capital Golf Gang this week. That's all right. Yeah. We'll get you back mm-hmm. next week. But the Brooks Kepka Bryson DeChambeau thing, I've yet to hear Ron <laughs> Thomas's take on that. Because there's, there's an update to it as well, but I want you to go ahead and give me your take first. Well, I have been in full Indy 500 mode and family mode. My sister got married also this past weekend. Oh, so muzzle, went, muzzle. Thank you, thank you. So I have not... Uh, you know this story. Any... No, I do. No, but I'm saying if there was a follow-up to I'll it. I'll give you the follow-up. To it. You, give me, you give me your initial I, take, and then I'm going to hit just, you with something. I'm going to hit you I with something that, would, that, would, that will make you go, oh, I get it. Go ahead. I said this from the beginning. The Brooks Kepka is has he has no personality. The reason that he we don't see him smiling or that we don't see, never uh, see an smile, engaging, charismatic Brooks Kepka is because he's not capable of it. <laughs> it's just like Phil Mickelson is not capable of anything except Eddie Haskell. Kiss ass, smile, but that's that's, <laughs> that's his who he character. Is. Right. Yeah, well, I'd rather be him than the well, other guy. Kepka is trying to create an avatar of himself as the dude who's too cool for golf, and so it manifests itself in these incidents, like when he's rolling his eyes at Bryson DeChambeau, for whom he thinks is a hopeless golf nerd who likes the game too much, right? Yes. Now, here's what'll maybe make you go, "Oh, I get it." Okay. Someone did reporting on how did that viral clip get out. You know how it got out? No. Kepka asked the Golf Channel for a copy of it. Oh wow! Hmm. <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. They they okay. weren't gonna release it, and then Kepka's like, he he talks to I guess Todd Lewis or whoever at the Golf Channel is like, "Hey man, can I get a copy of that raw cut?" that we, we aborted because DeShambo was behind us, and Golf Channel gave it to him. And so Kepka then sent it out to a few people, and once the virus is in the wild, it's gone. Yeah. Golf, Channel, is- Golf Channel didn't release that, and I go, that is so on brand for Kepka. be like, hey, man, you got that video of me clowning that nerd with my eye roll? Yeah. Sweet, you sweet. Think this has Send to it do to my this phone. Ha- <laughs> right, this has to do something, obviously, with the $40 million um, oh, the bonus points. Yes, the, yeah, uh, the bonus, the points pip, the player the... interaction points that the tour yes. has set up. For those who don't know, the tour found uh, forty million dollars lying around. I don't know where, and they said we're going to give the winner of this pip award for social media, like fan score, Q score, rating score, eight million dollars. Almost a way to kind of bribe the top stars to not jump to this supposed World Golf League, right? With the yes. guaranteed money. So, right. so yeah, so the more kind of goofing around you can do that goes viral, money, baby. It's so funny. I just <laughs> love the fact perfect, he – It was a perfect storm. Like, DeChambeau walking behind him at that time. This, is well, it possible that it was staged? It's possible. Jason Grant, our buddy from Dallas who came on the trip this year, says yeah. he knows DeChambeau's trainer. And Jason says DeChambeau's trainer told him – that Bryson was purposely sort of bird-dogging the interview yes. and purposely yes. said to Brooks when he goes, I don't know how many putts you can make in this win, and he goes, you just got to get the line right, and then walk <laughs> behind him on purpose so that DeChambeau apparently was the, was a bit of the agitator. With his spikes, too, on yeah. top of it. 
he's he's one of four players left in the world, right? Still wearing nails. Yeah, yeah. Tiger is oh, one of them. God, uh, I just I. But again, you know, I've never been the guy who says any press is good press or this and that. I've always let other people say that because I'm so I I have so much respect for the game of golf that I don't want this in it again i'm the same this this kind of stuff in it but i'm the same guy steve that said that i enjoyed the fans not being there because of all the douchebags in the stands I know. screaming you know so I, that's how much of a purist and that doesn't make me special i'm just yeah. me personally i know i like the game the way it is so this coming the into fans, it maybe it's the inevitable fans make sports though that's the thing no i i know even the I, even the dickheads who throw bottles uh we don't want those obviously right even people rushing out on the fairway and jostling brooks kepka and whatever around the fans make the passion. I talked earlier this week about how Obi Toppin's mom was brought to tears in the garden because they were chanting Obi, Obi. I yeah. mean, that's that's to me, Ron. That's sports. Right? No, I agree. Do you, but have you said, have you noticed how many more people are of the fans? Like they had the streaker at the Nats game during oh, yeah. the rain delay. Did you see the asshole who tried to run onto the floor tonight? The Wizards game? No, I did not. Oh, yeah, some idiot just right in the middle of a, a sequence just goes running out of the floor. Security guard see? comes out and tackles him. Th- well, this yeah. goes with the theory of we have been desocialized due to the <laughs> pandemic. That yeah. it's going to be a rocky reentry. To civilize society, people need to calm the fuck down. Hey, Steve, one thing you never have to worry about at the Indy 500 is what? Running, running out of the track. <laughs> you never get to Anybody who does that is the dumbest motherfucker on the face yeah. of the earth. Yeah, but you know what, though? Some guy ran on the track at the Preakness, member and yes, stood flat-footed as the horses I, came at him I, and tried to punch one of the horses coming full bore at him. <laughs> That happened, people. You got to watch that. That happened. All right, Ronnie, I'm going to let you go in part because I'm sitting in a darkened mobile strike studio with one light on that has about a hundred little bugs huddled around it. (laughs) I somehow had a breach of the mobile strike studio. It's driving me nuts. Tomorrow morning is going to be an hour of vacuuming in here because it just, it's unacceptable. So, hey, Steve, thank thank you for letting me talk about the race. I really appreciate it. Hey. I enjoyed it. I had questions um, like, how could Scott Dixon lose his keys? Which wasn't the case. I, just, <laughs> I lost I just, my keys. Who has my keys? I came in for a pit stop. I put them on the counter next to my big gulp. Where the fuck are my keys? We're losing time here. You got to do it in a New Zealand accent, though. So <laughs> I don't do New Zealand. I do I very know. bad accents. All right, Ronnie, I'll let you go. What's the Wizards Thank score you, right now? Are you watching the game? I don't know. I'm out sitting outside. Oh, very nice. All right, buddy. Thank you, bro. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. There you go. All right. Ron Thomas, everybody. Okay, that's enough for me. This is a podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the discussion. It's not as fancy as I would have liked. These bugs are freaking me out. I should probably take a picture with my phone and post it to Twitter. I will do just that as soon as I'm done. Thank you for downloading. Spread the word. Subscribe. Go to zabe.com slash premium. Get Thursdays with me, Scott, and Solly, the vintage original formula, 180 proof, now completely un- un- unmolested by the FCC regulations, unmolested, unconstrained, I should say, by FCC regulations. Not this week, because I'm on vacation this week, but I'm going to give you the best I can as soon as I get these bugs out of my gosh dang van. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Tuesday. And we will see you next time.
With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.